In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I, uh, I left my beloved little stool in Palmdale. It is now being fetched by Father John Finley. So I'm <coughs> I wouldn't risk the bishop's chair. That's, that's a terrible risk. You need to be right-minded about this life in order to be okay for the next life. It is really difficult for a preacher to preach on a text that he's, he himself has preached on scores and scores of times, and he knows you've heard it maybe scores and scores of times. I clearly remember this text. I'm, I committed it to memory at least when I was in the eighth grade. I remember at least that part. And I was sitting and thinking, I've probably preached on this maybe a hundred times, perhaps more. How do I make it real to you? Because you've heard it so often. Because Jesus made a very, very difficult statement in the gospel lesson that you heard this morning. This is tough. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me for... Whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever will lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same will save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? That's tough language. It means you either follow him or you're going to fry. It may not be quite exactly that, but it means you better take him at his word. How am I going to make this different for you this morning? I'm going to read the gospel again, not because Galen didn't read it well, but I want the context, and then I want you to follow with me the context. So I'm going to start, instead of where the gospel, the gospel lesson actually began today, I'm going to pick it up a few verses earlier. And here's what it says, Mark 8, 31. And he, Jesus, began to teach them. Now, now who he's talking to is extremely important in what I'm going to say. Because now the subject is to be right-minded in this life has everything to do with your eternal life. Right-minded. Are you with me? Right-minded. And he began to teach them. Now, this is the disciples all by themselves. That the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and to be killed and after three days rise again. And he was stating the matter plainly. Now, this is where that remarkable incident takes place. And Peter took him aside. 
Now, Jesus is teaching the twelve. Peter takes him aside and began to rebuke him. I read that and I go, whoa. Actually, it's marvelous. You know that's really very touching. The relationship between Jesus and his apostles is so remarkable that Peter does not hesitate to rebuke him. Astonishing. But, now follow again, we're watching who Jesus talks to, we're getting the context for this gospel, but Jesus, turning around and seeing the disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you... Are you if you don't hear anything else, hear this. For you are not setting your mind. That's the subject of the homily. You are not setting your mind on God's interests, but on man's. And Matthew adds... You are a stumbling block to me, as Matthew reports the same text. Okay, now follow again. Peter takes him aside and rebukes him privately. And honestly, as I'll show you, Peter's right in one way. Peter's correct. If he had, because he had, he had the wrong set of mind, but with the set of mind he had, he was correct. Okay, but Jesus doesn't rebuke, rebuke Peter privately. He rebukes Peter in front of the twelve. Okay, now, and now watch what happens next. Now, this is all in the context of this gospel. There, there's not a gap in between. I don't believe this. All happens at the same time, on the same day, at the same moment. Okay, and he summoned the crowd with his disciples. So it was, he teaches the disciples that he's going to suffer, die, uh, murdered, raised from the dead. He teaches them that. Peter rebukes him privately. He rebukes Peter publicly. And then he summons the crowd. Now this happens often where the, the crowd's around, but Jesus is with the disciples also privately. This, this isn't the first time this has happened. So he turns around and he summons the crowd with the disciples and says to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Okay, now, uh, what are we going to do with this? <clears throat> I believe Peter was totally sincere. And I believe that Peter was actually correct. Peter was saying, Lord, look, we've had a good run. You performed all these miracles. Look at the crowd. This is fabulous. If what you're talking about were to be a reality, the whole movement is gone. Everything's lost. You can't talk like this, at least not to the crowd. Don't talk about it. Do you know why I am correct in Peter's understanding? Because when it came to the trial, what did the crowd say? You talk to me. What did the crowd say? 
Crucify him. Crucify him. You see, Peter was correct. If Jesus were going to go about teaching that he was going to suffer and die, and he was going to be crucified, it would just ruin everything. Besides that, Peter and the twelve had said, we've left all and followed you. They'd be sort of left in a lurch too. So this is the context that you have when you see this gospel that was read today take place. And I'm sorry it wasn't Galen who read the gospel, he read the epistle. But it, uh, Let's see, I, I can't remember the kid who read the epistle. Uh, You know, when you get old, it's just awful. <laughs> do you know what I call him? A few of you, do you know what I call him? How old are you, Gary? He's 59. Do you know what I call him? Sonny boy. Do you know what he calls me? Papa. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, what's the problem? Peter is looking at it from a human point of view. From a human point of view, it makes sense. But then Jesus says, you're not looking at it from God's point of view. From God's point of view, it's very different. And now he expresses God's point of view to the crowd and the apostles. Not just to the apostles but to the apostles of the crowd. And it has everything to do with your life. He says, if any man or woman will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow. Well, that's pretty good. But then he says, whoever would save his life, that's looking at it from man's point of view. Whoever would save his life is going to lose it. But whoever will lose his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Now you've got to make a choice. I mean, you have to make a choice. And sometimes it's not just a one-time choice, is it? You have to decide. Are you going to follow your way? Or are you going to follow him? If you follow your way, you will lose your life. That is, if you believe Jesus. And I think we have a world full of people, many of whom are trying to save their lives. They're trying to save their lives by being successful. They're trying to save their lives by gaining fortune. They're trying to save their lives by gaining fame. They're saving, trying to save their lives by just getting through the day with their bratty kids. I don't know anything about that. I'm serious. But Jesus didn't leave it there. He just didn't say that you can't look at it from man's point of view. 
when he said you look at it from God's point of view, things get tough. Peter, the reason you're wrong is because you're looking at it from man's point of view. But from God's point of view, here's what's got to happen. You have got to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow. Oh, that's what Jesus did. Voluntarily, that's what Jesus did. Deny yourself what? Or you can say deny yourself many things. Deny yourself your passions. Deny yourself your goals. Deny yourself of honestly most anything. But it's those passions, it's those wishes, it's those desires, it's that inner thing that drives me to want to be anything besides what God wants me to be. And what God wants you to do, if you're going to think about life from his point of view, you will deny yourself. Did you hear that? You will deny yourself. You can fill in the blanks with many words, most of which would probably be okay. But not just deny yourself, but you are not, you are going to take up a cross. Your cross. You're going to have to deny yourself and you are going to suffer. Oh, isn't that a gospel? It's a glorious gospel. Why? Because whoever will lose his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. That's how the saving goes about. At least it's a huge part of it. Oh, we live in a day where addiction is so mammoth. Well, what has to happen with that? You've got to deny, you deny, you deny yourself, and you take up a cross. What, what is my cross? I don't know what your cross is. I do know a little of mine. I try so hard sometimes. You know, poor Peter, the, 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 the kid, he's not a kid. He's a remarkable man. But the kid, he has to listen to his father complain all the time. Yeah, I'm dizzy every time I'm standing up. Yeah, my feet kill me. Yeah. I got a lot of things to groan about. I am in such bad shape. You know, even that, there are, honestly, there are many nights I'm awake in the middle of every night, not some nights, every single night. And many times I say, Lord Jesus, if this is my cross, if this is my cross, let me bear it. And I think, by the way, our crosses can even change a little bit. 
because I think there are crosses you have in your youth that you may not have in your midlife or you may not have in your old age. Some of the cross you young people bear is your desire, your desire is to be accepted by your peers. Pick up your cross and don't care about that. You say, Father John, you don't know what you're talking about. Yes, I do, because I lived through it. I understood that when I was at Berkeley High School. I wanted desperately to be like my peers. And I knew that I could not unless I bore that cross. It changes. The Lord will make sure you have a cross. And not only that you have a cross, let me tell you, just think about this for a second. Getting nails, nailed through your hands and in your feet and being pierced by a spear hurts. If any man will deny himself and take up his cross, Luke adds daily, and follow me. It sounds so pleasant. No, it's not pleasant. It's difficult. That's what a follower, that is what is expected of a follower. Are you going to follow? You're going to follow somebody because you don't follow yourself. That's not even an option. It really isn't. You are going to follow somebody. You are either going to follow Christ or you're going to follow somebody else, and that somebody else is most likely to be prompted by the prince of this world. You're going to be a follower. Call it a disciple. How does it happen? How do you, how do you get disciples? How do you become that way? Together. You know, Jesus didn't have one disciple. He had 12. And not only did he have 12, but there was a broad circle beyond that. There were women who followed all the time. Actually, the women supported the ministry. That's what happened. The women financed Jesus' ministry. They were with the disciples and the Lord, wherever they went. Followers, followers. How? Together, together. Together where? For most of you, it is in this church. It's not out there on the street. Oh, it includes the street. It includes you at home, and includes you at your job, and includes you at your recreation. But without this parish, without this church, you ain't gonna be a good follower. You need each other. I need you. You need me. Do you know this, this parish is so utterly special to me? I've been in so many parishes. I've been part of the foundation of many parishes. Do you know which parish I never forget in my prayers? This parish. You. 
because you are so important, not only to me, but I happen to be important to you, and you happen to be important to one another. Oh, some of you, you know, you have another place. That's fine. Why? What happens? Well, we learn to get along here. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the face of another. Sometimes we're mad at each other. Sometimes we complain about each other. Sometimes we might even complain about the priest. Uh, sometimes we might complain about the old uh, priest who talks too long. And you love the young deacon who talks too short. Oh, this is where we get disciples. This is, this is where we, we, we work with each other. We bear with each other. We bear one another's burdens. We give of our time. We give of our talents. And not so incidentally, this is stewardship month. We give of our money. It's part of being a follower. All of it. And you say, oh, John, oh, Father John, I want to be a follower of Jesus, but I do it my own way. I, oh, I have this beautiful relationship in, between me and Christ. Well, I sure hope you do, but it ain't going to work well if it isn't with all of us together. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, why is it worth it? Well, you gain the whole world. You really, I mean, you gain. You, what do you gain? You gain eternity. You gain what comes when Jesus comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. How do you like them apples? How do you like that? With him in glory for eternity. St. Uh, yeah, uh, Peter says, you also as living stones are being built together in a living temple unto the Lord. And that's what the reward is. And what's the consequence of failing? You lose your own soul. Can you think of anything worse? Lose your own soul. Are you going to follow? Are you going to follow? I made a choice as a child to follow. There is no one of you in here that has failed as much as I have. I'm serious. I have utterly failed. But never has it crossed my mind that I do not want to follow. And the mercy and the grace that has been given to allow me to continue, I am so grateful for. It is no difficulty for me to confess today, sinners of whom I am chief. I, I just have utterly failed, but never lost the passion to follow. And that's what I am asking you to do today, to utterly, utterly commit yourself 
to follow. And if you won't do it, the rest of us are going to do it for you. Because we're going to say, I don't know how many times, let us commit ourselves and each other and all our life unto Christ our God. Am I speaking to people who are going to follow? Are you? Okay, glory to God.